On this episode, we talk with Craig Four about teaching your kids about finances. You're listening to the Dudes and Dads podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMont and Andy Lehman. Joel, you look like you have a glow about you. You, you know, you're pretty, you're pretty handsome yourself, buddy. Uh, yeah, we're fresh off the uh, the Sarasota uh, week of escape, and uh, I'm feeling refreshed. I think, as am I. As yeah. am I. Yeah, this uh, was a good time to get down. We uh, both ourselves, Jackie and I, you and Julie, and our good friends Matt and Courtney, who uh, helped organize this lovely trip down to the beautiful Sarasota. Oh gosh, the conversations that we had, the time away. Uh, I'll just be really honest with you, though. Coming back here to Indiana, here's what I realized: um, when you don't spend, all it takes is about a week away from children to realize how loud children are that, the, yeah, that's the, the noise level because jackie and i met all of them at the airport we all got in the car and when jackie and i just turned to each other and go it's so uh. loud <laughs> it's so loud but we were so grateful to see uh to be back with them to be back here and listener we are thrilled 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 to be back here with you as well on yet another episode of the dudes and dads podcast glad to have each and every one of you here uh andy here's yes. the deal um we reached out to our listening community and we said, hey, we love some feedback. Specifically, we said about this last episode about yeah. busyness and yeah. people stop their busy schedule. Yeah. The whole the voicemail the line. hurry thing. And they called they called the voicemail line because we said, hey, we want to give you uh, we want to give you free stuff. Um, and apparently that was all it took. So, uh, yeah. So we want to just take a quick moment to hear that feedback and uh, give a listen uh, right now. Hey, this is Greg Serafino, and uh, I've uh, actually, you allowed me to be a guest speaker with Jason Weir one time on the uh, show, and I'm just sharing a little bit of my story, but um, in your uh, in your podcast on Eliminating Hurry, uh, you asked us to get some feedback, so I thought I would just let you know, um, it's a little ironic in some ways, the, the ideas of some things that I do to eliminate hurry in my life, um, one of which is I have a 35 to 40 minute um, commute every day, both, uh, one direction, and so I um, I do some listening to podcasts and things like that, but at the same time, I feel like I'm just constantly absorbing information and trying to uh, process all of that, so um, in that 35 to 40 minute drive, I will listen for about 15 to 20 minutes to a podcast, and then I just shut everything down, no music, no uh, audio, no, not just drive, and just meditate, and just think, and process, so um, one of the practices I have, I guess in summary, is that I will do that. I will just try to um, take a moment and a few moments while I'm driving and just uh, think about what I've learned or think about what I've heard or think about what I've read that morning in my devotions and uh, and just try to process that before I begin to have a massive amount of more input into my life um, because it's always busy, always moving. So anyway, that's my piece back for that um, do what you will with that i appreciate you guys you have a great podcast hi my name is tess i live just north of austin texas and i'm a recent listener and thinking about busyness uh first i think that busyness or saying that you're busy is 
kind of a way to show higher social status to say I'm busy, I have things going on. I think that it's, you know, if you just said, you know, oh, what did you do last weekend? It's like, oh, we're so busy. Just said, you know, I watched eat movies and ate 60 chicken nuggets. I think that, you know, would not be something that you necessarily want to share. And I think busyness is something that we really seek to share with each other. And it's something cultural that um, just shows that we're important and that kind of thing. For me, I commute. Um, my graduate student and I commute a decently long commute. If it's 40 minutes, it's really fast and exciting. Um, and what I find myself doing when I have that busyness, not because I'm going to be late because I leave early, it's feeling like I'm going to lose time to work during the day. And I find myself constantly switching lanes. And I also will keep track of certain cars when I switch lanes to see if my lane switch was successful. And I find myself completely overwhelmed by when, you know, my husband has sat down and we're like, let's do the math. It really doesn't make a difference. Uh, so that's, that's one of my symptoms of being way too hurried. And for salsa, I'm really seeking to say no as a graduate student. I feel like I have to do everything or else I won't be eligible when I go to get a job or, you know, any type of future thing I might seek to do. And so I say yes to everything and it usually, you know, catches up at the end of the semester and I'm working all day, I'm working at night, I'm not spending time with my husband and it really um, kind of eats away what gives me peace, which is not working and being at home and spending time watching movies and eating chicken nuggets. And uh, so that's something I'm working towards. Um, I'm already, I've been asking my husband to just remind me and as I'm getting ready for the fall and I'm doing a bunch of things right now, I'm trying to think ahead and think what would the busiest day look like if I commit to all this. And Andy, I know that you talked about this with, you know, just having so many things going on and committing to so many things and um, that's something that's definitely turned in my life. But also say I found out about you guys from the Real Talk Christian podcast. I think it's awesome. I'm not a dude. I'm not a parent. Uh, but I just love listening to you guys and it's really a great way to fill the commute time. Um, so I think you guys are great and I can't wait for the next episode. Hi, I was calling because I had heard your guys' recent podcasts about healthy and unhealthy busyness, and I just thought that I'd share my two cents since you guys asked. Um, so I think that I kind of have like a little pros and like pros and cons, like a little chart of unhealthy busyness can be feeling disconnected from God. And a great book that I read. Um, called to hell with the hustle. The author wrote, God is always speaking to us, but so is the world, and the world is usually louder. And I think that speaks a lot when we're too busy and we're making ourselves too busy, is that we just hear the world and we don't make time to spend and listen to God. And with that, if we're making ourselves too busy and we don't hear God, then we say, oh, I don't have time for a Sabbath. So then our minds can't slow down in order to hear from Him. And also another point is we become busy from having idols in our life, too. Um, I like to think that we worship what we love. What we love form our habits. Our habits form our days, weeks, months, and years. And then also just with we feel stressed when we aren't doing anything now because we live in a culture now where it's always go, go, go. You always have to be doing something, even if it's just scrolling through your phone. So I feel like that's 
a real sign of unhealthy busyness is where we're just always stressed if we're literally trying to do nothing. Um, but then healthy busyness is feeling connected to God and our family, being satisfied with where God has us in our lives, being content in Him and His gifts, having a family Sabbath to recharge as a family and set our eyes back on Jesus, and to take our thoughts captive. Um, in another book that I read called Disciplines of a Godly Man, the author wrote, A Christian Mind is Impossible Without the Discipline of Refusal. So there are a lot of things, in order to have healthy busyness, there are a lot of things that we have to refuse to do if they'll be detrimental to us. Um, because we have to make decisions that are best for us and for our family because we need to give them our time. And... I think that as dads, our busyness and habits um, dictate the busyness and habits of our family. How busy we are determines how busy our family is. If we're too busy, and if we're too busy and have poor habits, then it's going to negatively affect our family. So that was just my two cents. So my name is Derek Wisner. How's it going? Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for uh, calling in. We appreciate it. We know it sometimes for some of you. It's a, it's a brave move to call, to leave a voicemail, especially when you know that it could be aired to billions of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thank you, each and every one of you. We got some good stuff uh, coming your way. As long as we, do we have all of their information? We, have, we can get, we have their phone numbers. We can, Great. We can okay. We will be so. in contact with you so that we can. Uh, we can mail you something nice. We're in the, actually, we're in the midst of uh, developing some of uh, some further gifts for our listeners. So yeah. uh, be patient, but it's coming your way. Thanks so much. Uh, and Joel, before we get into it tonight, I want to uh, remind everybody that, that this episode is brought to you by That Story Show. Hello, I'm James Kennison, and I host a clean cut comedy podcast called That Story Show, where we put your hilarious real life stories and anecdotes in the spotlight. In other words, you send in your stories and we share them with the world. We tell stories about embarrassing moments, miscommunications, people trying to get into the wrong cars, silly things kids say, goofy stuff our pets do, you know, stuff we can all relate to and laugh at. So listen and find out how you can send in your own stories to be read on an upcoming episode. Find that story show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favorite podcast app, or just say, Alexa, play that story show. Hope to hear from you soon. So, oh, James. Yeah. Hey, go check out that story show. Good friends of the podcast. Love them all over there. Uh, Andy, if we yell at Alexa, uh, when we, if we say play, play dudes and dads podcast. I'm not sure. Do we know what happens? We'll have sure. to investigate. Let us know if you try. Yeah, let us know. See what happens. <laughs> uh, support for this show also comes from Everance Financial, helping individuals and organizations combine faith and finances through retirement planning, banking, and other financial services. You can find out more at everance.com slash Michiana securities offered through Concourse Financial Group, Securities Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Hey, speaking of Everance, Andy. Yes, Joel. We do have a guest here. We do. And that guest is Craig Four from Everance. Mm. Uh, we wanted to, to bring him in a little bit and talk about uh, kids and finances, teaching your kids about finances. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about it later, but... Everance does have a uh, a youth savings week coming up, and we wanted to touch a little bit about that too. But before that, though, Craig, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So, Craig, as we always like to do, we need to have the dad stats. We need to know about you, your family, the kiddos, 
uh, any embarrassing things you want to share about any of them, uh, we, it's it's all fair game here. Uh, so again, welcome and tell us more about yourself. Sure. So yeah, uh, we live over in Walkerusa, Northern Indiana, and uh, my wife is a school PE teacher. She's been a PE teacher for almost twenty years now. Nice. Um, I have three girls, so okay. I will take your prayers now. Yeah, amen, <laughs> amen, amen. From everybody, well, Joel has three boys, one girl. Yep. I have two boys, two girls. So yeah. Andy, Andy tried to keep it even over there. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. The reason I'm wearing the hat is because I have no hair <laughs> because I have three girls right now. So yeah. Um, yeah. Super blessed. And, and, you know, um, they are ages 14, 10 and seven. So high school starting this year, which yeah. is kind of a little bit scary for us. And, and, uh, yeah, so that's, I, you know, I've been with Everance Financial for almost 20 years now, been in the industry literally ever since I got out of college. Wonderful. Um, so yeah, I, I love talking about money. And so when Andy invited me to be on this thing, I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do, do it. it. We, we bring in, we try to bring in real professional, like real professionals <laughs> here. And, uh, this is not, no exception. So we're glad, glad to have you here. Um, Andy and I, uh, as we've had, and we're so glad to partner with Everance, we, we, we really see uh, our conversations about financial wellness as really being um, a, critical, uh, a critical thing for, family, for families, for, for family wellness. And I, I know the work that I do with families, um, particularly families that find themselves in a, in a season of struggle or crisis, it uh, usually falls into one of three categories. And one of those categories that's causing major issues is financial health sure and i think so much of financial health does have to do with there's a big educational piece on it um particularly if i know our situation um and others where you know our parents were in a very different financial situation than than we are or the the landscape was was way different or they had a um, my parents were always very very smart with money but like i feel like what they learned like I don't feel like they they had a maybe a clear cut path forward for like how to teach us about money. It was kind of like uh, I went to college, I took out a lot of loans, and then my first interaction with uh, trying to get financial wellness was figuring out how to pay those loans back, which I will be uh, doing uh, until my next uh, child goes to college. So, uh, so th- is there a way that we can? S- when can we start with yeah. our kids? Yeah. When can we start with our kids? having that conversation and in your experience, um, how do those conversations start and what is the content of that discussion with, with, with the kiddos? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Times have changed, right? I mean, money itself is completely different than when we grew up. Yeah. Yeah, And, and trying to teach kids about money is, is well, family dynamics of money are really always pretty difficult. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I think you can start as early as possible. And, and it, you know, when we were talking pre-show, we were talking about just allowances in general yeah. and, and how to understand, like, listen, you, you know, we're going to, we're going to pay you for doing some things around the house, but also your role as a child <laughs> yes. is, is to help out around the house as yes. well. Right. Yes. And so, you know, it, it's, it's just trying to develop. I think the most important thing is just the saving habit, like mm-hmm. the habit of saving, you know, when, when, when you're out of college and you have these student loans, you know, you know, I should be saving in a 401k, you know, I should be putting in an emergency savings, you know, the things that you should do, but having that, that kind of inhibits that a little right, bit. Yeah, right. and, and so it's really just having those open conversations and, 
you know, full disclosure, none of us are perfect. I mean, I do this sure. for a living and I'm not great at it because yeah. life gets in the way. Mm-hmm. You start doing different things and, and money takes a backseat a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's definitely not easy, but just, just instilling that, that habit of saving at a young age is something that can be done, whether it's, it's here's quarters and, and here, you know, here's a couple dollars for doing that chore. Thank you for doing Mm -hmm. that. Now, what do we do with it? Mm -hmm. You know, now what do you want to do with it? Yeah. You mentioned earlier, um, the dynamic of uh, just the the lack of visibility around money, because like the examples you just gave are with like, there's a tangible dollar, a tangible quarter, whatever it is in front you and I, um, I am lucky if I ever have a few bucks in physical dollars in my wallet. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, that was super funny. Andy, like Andy and I are, uh, as we were down in Sarasota, we went to a went to an ice cream shop and they were a cash only. Right. Which is freaky. You're just going, like, Oh no, what do I do? Like, and we're like looking around. It's like, does okay. anyone amongst can us can borrow cash? <laughs> yeah, have cash. And, uh, I, that's, I think it's so interesting because our kids see us pay for stuff with plastic and not the physical dollar. Um, what are the implications of that? Do you think for them? Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's trying to have that open conversation and it's really difficult with my seven year old and my 10 year old. It's a little easier with my 14 year old to go like at the end of the day, just cause you see this happen, we're paying this off every time, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and, and every month the bill is going to come due that, that we have to exchange money for what we've purchased. Um, but it's, it's a different world out there. And, and I struggle with that a lot to go, I even train, you know, when we do have cash and a lot of mm-hmm. times my, even for the chores, my wife and I are scrambling to find a few sure. dollars yeah. laying yep. around the house, but it's sitting there going, you know, can we strategically pay cash for a few things just so mm-hmm. they do see that? I mean, you look at the, you know, giving through church, everything's giving online, online right? Yeah. So they, I remember vividly as a kid seeing my grandparents drop money in the, in the offering plate. Sure. Well, that doesn't I mean, you think about it at church, it doesn't right. happen very often anymore. And so, yeah, it's a struggle. I mean, yeah, and that's one of the things I think we've done for our kids. So our, you know, we've, we've been able to still continue giving the kids cash. Mm-hmm. And so the, our kid, like for, you know, in exchange for allowance and things. And, and I think that that's been helpful because then they can physically see, oh, I have this much in my wallet mm-hmm. as opposed to just having it, oh, in the back of their head. And, and we know that one day, you know, Soon they're going to need to, I mean, then they have a bank account too, but sure. they'll have to get a card attached to that at some point, but it's been good for them to be able to say, oh, this is real. This is cash. This is, there's a limited amount and I know how much I have based on what's in my wallet. Yeah. So that's been good. Yeah. It, you know, what, one of the things we did last, last summer was we, again, I'm a planner, so I, I, I do these type of things, but I made a chore board where they could pick index cards of various chores. And that worked really well as long as we kept up on it, sure, as, sure, you know, yeah. cause you're busy with ball games and yep. all that fun stuff. And, yeah. but it was nice because they literally could see a value per whatever they sure. were doing. And then they actually physically received cash. Now that was a struggle to go get that cash <laughs> yeah. and yeah. have it on hand. But I, it's the, the problem is, is that so many of these things require follow through on my part yeah. as the, as the parent. And yeah. that's like, and, and so you just have to, I think, uh, plan that out, uh, be aware that that's going to be part of the, the dynamic. I, and I also, I have found, uh, m- maybe we're weird. The weekly chore chart thing. I like your idea. I like your idea better because as we've had our weekly chore chart, um, 
I don't feel like our kids have had like the one to one, like I do this, this is the result sort of thing. It just is like, oh, okay, I got weekly stuff that I have to do that I would rather sit and do something else with or whatever. Sure. And and I think that that physical tangible feedback of when I do this or in these instances, this is the result from it is is helpful, especially because I mean just a little a little psychology here like most of our young people even well into their teenage years are not thinking ab they're not having abstract thoughts so things that the more concrete that we can be sure. with like when you do this this is the result and here's the thing that tangibly could be in front of you um is helpful uh circling back though to the the idea of uh, of savings in your mind is that for for financial wellness in general, is that the single greatest? I mean, if you were to drill down and say, what's going to help my kids over the long haul through their young years into adulthood? Um, is that the single? Would would you say that's like one of the single greatest practices to set them up long term? Yeah, I, I think it, I think it is. I think it's savings, but I also think it's spending too. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. understanding, you know, you can't spend more than you make, right? Mm-hmm. And you think, you know. You think of the U.S. these days, we almost have a negative savings rate from a, from a saving standpoint. Mm. And so I think if we can teach our young, our youth to, to hey, you know, don't, don't spend more than you make, that's going to be the, that will really be the number one thing that's going to set them up really well. And, you know, kind of to the student loan thing, you, you know, that hinders what you can do yeah. with that. And, and sometimes it's inevitable. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's nothing that you any of us did bad, all of us probably had student loans, but it's just trying to get them to understand, Hey, if I have a dollar, I can only spend a dollar. Yeah. Like, you know, the credit card thing that you see me swipe, isn't something where I'm just charging up money (laughs) left and right and buying trips and, and and stuff. So it's trying to understand. And that's difficult too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seven year old to understand what's going on there. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. Kids who are younger, like let's say seven year olds and and I've got a six year old right now. She's my youngest. How is the best way do you, that you think to, to teach them about not only spending, but savings and tithing and and things like that? How how do you go about doing that? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love going back to the Nathan Dungan share, save, spend, right? The 80, 10, 10 rule. And there are, there are, you know, every family is going to be a little bit different on those percentages, mm-hmm. but that, you know, you have this dollar and where do we split it up with, you know, the first goes to tithing. The second piece goes to saving for long term, And the third one goes to, to spending what you want. And, and the, the reality, like I look back at, at our history as a family, my kids are all different in how they would view it. Too. Sure. So my 14 year old, will save every last dime. I mean, she's got, she's got a savings account that she's put together from, from babysitting. And I mean, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, she just doesn't spend money. The seven-year-old will go to Meyer and we'll sit there in the toy aisle for a half an hour trying to figure out how we're going to spend all of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 There's the, uh, and part of it is I, I think too, until you've got actual labor hours behind your money, like real, like, like the babysitting thing, she's well aware of what she had to put into to oh, get sure. to get those dollars, for right? Sure. Like that's that's the thing. And and uh, to all of you babysitters out there, we thank you. Uh, we could use more of you, so uh, keep keep it up. But I, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just a really 
it's a really interesting thing around, uh, uh, particularly like in our society here, where, you know, there's the accumulation, the accumulation of debt, the ongoing accumulation of debt, the, um, you know, wages have not kept up. Wages have not kept sure. up with that. There's a there's a lot of other financial things going on in the background that I I feel like we don't pay attention to until it really hit like mm-hmm. until it really hits home for you know for us um in your conversations with with families i'd be i'd be interested if you have a sense about this um with regard to debt management and maybe we'll go and say specifically cuz we mentioned it, educational debt management because you've been in the industry as long as you have do you feel like the conversation has changed in that area over are you going to college if so, here's, here's, is there, what is the financial conversation around education? Because I know I am talking with my soon to be seventh, seventh grade son about like, he's, he's, he's again, eldest child, uh, you know, wants to have a plan, sure. uh, whatever that's about, uh, you know, and we're, we're talking about the future of education for him. And in the background, my wife and I are going, okay. Uh, my wife went to a private university for five years. I went to a private university for five years. We got married. We that's that's ten years of private education debt that we just put together, and we said, "Till death do us part." Um, and, and you know, and and we look at those at those realities, and we go, "We absolutely a one hundred percent do not." Well, and I should say, did that graduate, and then we had a, a recession. Sure. And so it was even compounded. Yeah, so it was even worse. Even yeah. worse. Mm-hmm. Um, we do not want that for our kids. Um, we will be intentionally as best we can saving for them. Now we're still in a situation though, like our, our number one debt, our number one concern and what we are working hard on is still our educational as are still in our, our educational debt. So we're trying to work at that. Well, like maybe we can invest some in their future education, but it's like, it's going to be a while yet till we can give the intent, the full attention that I think that we sure. would want to what's your sense with families now about how they're talking, having those kind of conversations, setting expectations uh, correctly. It's like my eldest wants to go to Notre Dame and I just, (laughs) God bless him. And we, that would be wonderful. But (laughs) um, I know what I, I know what tuition is over there alone. And so uh, I I would just, I'm just kind of curious about how, how those discussions go these days. Yeah. So I think it's a couple things. I think, the days of every graduating senior from high school automatically the next fall going to college, I've seen that shift, okay. that dynamic yeah. shift quite a bit. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of gap years now. There's a lot of there's a lot of of you know high school seniors that that want to figure out what they want to do. And and I think it's a couple things. I think it's just the generation that's coming up, you know, yep. just the different philosophy. Yeah. Like, I don't really know that I need this, but I also think I've seen that a lot of them are really conscious on money to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. And, and yeah. so mm-hmm. they don't want to, they don't want to dive in, you know, head first to $20,000 a year in debt until they figure out, I want to do this with my career. Right. And so I, you know, I found that a little bit refreshing in the yeah. fact that, that they're, they're cognizant and conscious of that commitment to go to, go to college, yep. you know, from the, from the parent standpoint, I mean, 
very rarely are we going to be able to fund education for yeah, our kids, sure. right? Yeah, right? Fully fund education, right. even though we want to. And I've always taken the kind of the the philosophy when I'm meeting with clients is, you know, hey, you, you can't get loans for retirement. Right. We can yeah. get loans for, for, we can help our kids with education with loans. They can get loans and it's not optimal, but it's still, you know, it's important to save for you as well. And if we have the cash flow to help out and to do that, then great, do it. But uh, it's that happy medium between both. Very rarely do I see do I see parents that that are that give so much to their kids' education that they they don't save for retirement mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And there's some tools to be able to do a little bit of both as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know, overarching, I think just. Things have changed a little yep. bit when mm-hmm. it comes to that. Do you think moms and dads, and this is a little, this is a little bit of an aside to it, but I'm always, because I think folks in your, uh, your industry and your, your area, uh, I have a lot of interaction with these conversations. Do you think moms and dads are still, do you feel like they're really sold out to at the traditional education, like still sold out to the traditional education route? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it varies. I think it's what you do. So you mentioned private, you know, yep. my wife and I both went to a, a, a sure. private, yep. you know, college as well. And I think, you know, I would love my kids to go to Bethel, but yep. I, I don't know that that's going to, you know, who knows. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And, and so from our standpoint, I, the other thing that I see is I see a lot of two, I see more and more two year university, mm-hmm. like going to mm-hmm. junior college and going to like a community college to start yep. off with. I think that's a great route. Yeah. You know, I mean, I look, you know, in my role, I do a lot of hiring for, for our company or interviewing for our company and experience is as much as that, that specific degree from Notre Dame, yeah. you know, I think it depends what field you're in, but I, I think the viewpoint has changed a little bit. It's not 25 years ago where sure. you were going to a four-year college yeah. and that you don't really have an option. Right. Right. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. I just... I always want to touch on that. And I think something you said also too about the gap year uh, piece, though, though this is in, you can see it in the category of like, of just general life choice and educational choices. There is a definite financial, there's such a definite financial component to um, helping. I think in terms of um, we, I did this, this uh, just not too long ago, you know, I set up a gap year program for a recent high school graduate. Um, it it cost and he fundraised for it. It was, you know, it was about $5,000 yeah. for, for a full, for a two semester gap year experience. Mm-hmm. Like, and, 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 and he, it, he, it uniquely yeah. changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did ex- excelled, got all kinds of interesting experience. It was, he, he got to live somewhere else completely different in the United yeah. States than, he, than like than this area, yeah. whatever. And, you know, I look back on that and go like for five grand, to experience what he experienced where he would have paid four times that at least for, sure. for a regular, a regular college experience. Right. And I mean, how do you like, I, I just, I, I think, I think there, are, I just want to encourage parents with, there are great viable options that are not like that are going to put your, your student in a good financial place and may actually better expose them. If it's for a year period of time to give them greater focus how, for how to better use their resources, I think moving moving forward, and I mm. I just couldn't be more of an advocate for that sort of thing. And I, no matter where you are, if you're talking with parents or if your your friends are in this situation, um, I would just say be an encouragement to that. Uh, 
uh, along the financial line because it, it can you can do a lot with less mm-hmm. and there's a lot of creative ways and I hear more and more gap year programs. Well, and you're with your gap year program, you're going to get that experience and go because I think a lot of kids get into college and don't know what they want to do. Yeah. And so for the gap year, they're going to get a little bit more of experience, have a little bit more time yeah. on their own, kind of discuss that. And yeah, I don't, the way I look at it is, would you rather pay for five years of college? Cause there's a major change you right. know, or two major changes, right. or would you rather yep. right. help, help out, you help out your children, go volunteer in overseas and get that life experience learn about time management, learn more about yourself than your sheltered Mm -hmm. bubble here. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And then, and then you like go into college and, and be energized going into college as opposed to just continuing on. And probably a way better student. Um, True. uh, You know, I, I think I will say, you know, when, when it came even in my college experience, when, uh, because I was, I got married toward the end of my undergrad and all of a sudden it's like, oh, right, this is now my financial responsibility. Strangely enough, my GPA went up considerably. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, like you just start, you right. just, it gives you perspective and it, it really, it really, really does. So, okay. So as you're, as you're thinking about your own family, leading, leading your family and, uh, leading your kids toward kind of a greater, greater financial, uh, health. What are some, we, we've talked about the, the value of saving and just, and just doing that. And especially, I mean, if mom and dad are not doing saving well, it's going to be even harder, right? Sure. Like to, like it might be a full family, uh, a family reboot for, for, for all of us. Um, but beyond that, uh, anything, I guess, uh, tips, tricks, good advice for, uh, financial literacy that's maybe, that's maybe in terms of thinking about like age appropriateness or, or certain things, or maybe certain conversations that you want to have by certain, certain life, life stages, certain sure. life, lifetimes. Um, but like what's, what's in your brain as a, as a dad, but also as a financial, uh, someone doing it financial advising. Yeah. So I, I think there's a great website that I refer a lot of clients to that are in kind of in this, in, in this life stage called share, safe spend. I, mm, I, sure, I mentioned yeah. it earlier. Great. Great material on there. Um, I think there's, you know, even a podcast that you can listen to on great. that. So that's, that's been helpful for me. It's where kind of the 80, 10, 10, mm-hmm. the, the, the share, safe spend thing came up. So that's always important kind of regardless of life stage. I think communication is just, it's, it's, it's that, that mindset of when, when we're talking about money, just having that conversation, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's taboo in so many families. My parents didn't really talk about money with me very much. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just trying to be cognizant of those teaching moments that we can have with our kids. Um, And I think as they get older, like my 14 year old is going to be driving here in another, you know year and a half and she you know we had talked for years about giving me giving her my truck and she just thought it was going to be given to her (laughs) of course and so it was having that we had a 20 minute drive where we were talking about the terms of the arrangement you know how we were going to go kelly blue book value and i was going to give her the friends and family discount on it yeah and so it's it's those that was a learning point for her that was like this isn't, I'm just not going to get stuff. Right. You know, I right. need to, I need to save or right. I text her a picture of the hundred dollar gas yeah. charge with, right. with gas right. prices. And that was, so she babysat 
extra yeah. long that week. Yep. And so I think it's just those teaching moments to go, you know, this is, you're getting closer to real life here. We're, you know, we're not, we're not seven anymore. Yep. And the seven-year-old and the 10-year-old, it's more just having those conversations when you see the opportunity to talk about it. And, and you know, how do we, the other thing is, how do we be generous with our money? Yeah. You know, it's not just saving, but how do we, how do we look for opportunities to help others just because that's who we're, that's what we're mm-hmm. called to do, you know? Yeah. I think uh, one of the recent, interesting recent conversations I've had with my, with my eldest is about you know, we use the term smart compassion, you know, wisely, wisely using financial resources to the greatest, to the greatest ability of, you know, we would say of kingdom impact of, um, of, of community impact, you know, cause it's even funny. It's like your dollar can go a lot of different ways. And in some, in some giving instances can go farther than, than others. And being, even being discerning about that, we, cause it was the part of the conversation was, Hey, why? Why do we, or why do not, or why do not we, why, why don't, why, don't why do we? we, or why don't we, um, uh, just give money to the person that's asked, you know, hand out mm-hmm. money in hand sure. and it's just that, and it's that exchange. And we just, and we just go, you know, and, and that's the only way that we give, or that's the only way that we, we help some, we help somebody out. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, I think it was really eye opening to him again, you know, he's, he's bordering on, uh, those teenage years where he's like, he's like half in half out of uh you know of, of hearing what i'm saying mm-hmm. i would not want to qu- quiz him on uh the, the top three points of what i said afterwards but you know i i think that I, to your point though it was like i just remember we we had an interaction like that and it was it would it all started because we someone had asked for us for money and then like the conversation i'd had with that person afterwards and then it was like you know, sitting down with him in the car afterwards and being like, okay, what did, what did we learn today? And he's kind of like, what? you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and I think, you know, those are one of the, and I wish I did that more. I wish to your point, it is a communication thing. It's making the most of those opportunities to tie it back in what we've previously discussed. It is, it does have something to do with being uh, unhurried in your mm-hmm. life enough yeah. to, to be like, mm, okay, we we can take this, we can take this time. Um, and, and listener, I will, I will say this and I, I mean this so just at, at the deepest level that I can. I've experienced it in my own marriage and my own family. And I've definitely experienced it also with the people that I've cared for and counseled and coached. Um, finances will eat your lunch if, uh, if you don't take them seriously. They, yeah. they, will, they will come up in a, and, and I have to imagine, I mean, I have to imagine you've had some awkward moments uh, sitting Ooh. down with... Uh, with a husband and wife and they're trying to talk about money and they're not on the same, they're not oh, on the same page. Oh, for sure. And, and it comes back to communication. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. It's that yep. communication yep. and you know, a husband and wife are, are brought up in different yes. areas. Like yes. we, we all view money differently, just like That's every so other aspect mm-hmm. of our lives. Yeah. And so, yeah, having that, having that open communication about what's working, what isn't, what do we do next? Those types of things. Well, I think like you had said earlier that, when kids see their parents and their kids, you know, their parents spending habits, they kind of take those on. So uh, there's definitely never, it's never too late or too early to start teaching your kids about money. You know, I've heard lots of people who have, their kids have lots and lots of money at the time they graduate. And I also heard people that their kids don't have any idea about money at all. So I wanted to talk a little bit today about the youth savings stuff that Everence is going to be offering here in July, uh, because I wanted to get 
is a great deal. So can we talk a little bit about that? What is it and how can we use it to teach our kids about money? Yeah. So I've done it a couple times now with all three of my kids and it's a really neat event. And one of the things that I really like about it is it's kind of a celebration of opening your sure. first bank account. And so there's prizes and they try and make it as fun as possible. There's food and snacks and my kids were a member the the opportunity mm. that would they had to go do that stuff, and so yeah, it's a it's a day event where where um, parents can bring in their kids to open up a youth savings account, and and Everence's youth savings account is one of those unique accounts that that really gets kids in, in excited about mm -hmm. savings. So I've got you know again three for my girls, and and so yeah, that'll be that'll be happening July 11th through 15th um, at. at, at at a couple of different offices mm -hmm. and actually offices all across the country that, that are Everence offices. And one of the neat things is to encourage their, their savings um, up to a thousand dollars. We pay a higher percentage uh, than, than what, okay. the go, what the going rate is. So uh, it's, you know, 3% we'll, we'll, we'll give, we'll match um, some of the dollars going mm -hmm. in. So there's an added incentive to get that started. Um, it's actually, they'll give $5, uh, to a $15 deposit to, to help encourage okay. kids to open it. But more than anything, I think it's just fun for the kids. Sure. It, it makes it, um, I've never seen anything like it, uh, uh, you know, uh, we all use internet banks and all these different sure. banks these <laughs> days, but it's, it's a really cool event. Yeah. I, I like the idea of actually, uh, going to. Uh, actually going to a physical bank because I don't do much do that much anymore. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well and I think especially if you have I think it's a great idea to you take cash in with you. Sure. We talked about that we don't normally use cash. Yeah. And so if you take the cash in with you to do this open this account then the kids are going to see oh I have this and it actually translates out to yes I have this you know savings account and it's this number on paper. Yeah. But it's representative of my, of my cash. Yeah. Like I'm not actually spending it on anything. I'm not getting anything getting anything and saying this in quotes getting anything back for it but you know because i'm saving it you, you know you're talking about savings you know the rates are better on it and uh, you we can talk to our kids about how that because it's a savings account we do get you know it, it interest on that yeah. and yeah i think that's a great idea yeah i uh it, it's definitely something that's on our it's on our radar something we want to do because i i've yeah i for first and foremost um I'm tired of trying to shove more money into piggy banks. Mm -hmm. That's just that that's just getting old. So I, I think, you know, it's that or it's under the mattress next, which doesn't seem to be uh, real viable options either way. So right. maybe, <laughs> maybe we should use a bank. Uh, <laughs> but we are we're thrilled with what Everence is doing. And we we want to absolutely encourage all of you to check it out. Um, we will have uh, a link in the show notes uh, for the details about how you can get connected with Everence, uh, use savings account and all uh, all that good stuff. And also link to what uh, Craig has mentioned here earlier today, just uh, places, resources to help you have that conversation again. Sometimes talking about money can almost be as awkward as talking about the birds and the bees with you. Sure, yeah. uh, it's uh, sure. it's right up there, well, uh, and, and it's going to force you to to also have a better savings and spending habits on yourself because yep. your kids are going to look to you to more, be more is caught yeah. than taught. Right? Yes, yeah, so that's, like, that's so right. Oh golly, and yeah, I always uh, I always think you know and now it's been here recently andy you would i think would would get this for sure 
uh, when we had a, so my second son, Josiah had recently started scouts here just a few months ago and there's an initial purchasing of things because they do, oh, yeah, their, yeah, yeah. they do their camp outs every, every month. And there's a, there's an initial investment of the gear. And, um, I, this time I've never done it before, but this time we went to check out and the dollar amount, the total came up on the screen. Mm. I, 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 I made mention, I, like I pointed to it and I said, I said, so how, like, how much is, like, how much is that? And then, and then just ask a question, like, how long do you think it takes, how long do you think it takes to earn that amount of money? And then I put it in context of like, with what he gets for like allowance oh, for chores good. or whatever. And it's like, and it was like, to your point, it was a whole different, oh, yeah, a whole sure. different ball game. And I'm, I'm hoping he'll treat that gear uh, just a little bit nicer well, also as well. You know, and you had fun with it. Like yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. Like I, uh, the other day I was driving with my, my 14 year old taking her somewhere and I, I downloaded an app that was a taxi cab app. Mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I could show her how yeah. much it would cost to yeah. drive her to that place. But she, yeah. again, it was all fun and sure. games, right. but it was, it made her think. That's like, great. This costs money yeah. for you to take me here. And yep. so it's having those, those cool little interactions that really we're, we're teaching them about money, but we're not at the same time. You know, it, it, it doesn't feel like sure, it. It's yeah. not, ha- it, we're not, we're not hitting them on the top of the head with it. Yeah. No kid, no 14 year old wants an <laughs> economics class any sooner than they have to take one. But, uh, man, I just applaud, uh, applaud you in, in that. And it's really given me something to think about as well as we, uh, continue to try to bring a level of wholeness and health to, uh, to our relationships and that definitely includes money so uh before we let you go we have to put you through the w- w- the, the ringer the ringer no, i don't know it doesn't sound right yeah. scared right all right well <laughs> now it's time for the dudes and dads pop quiz that is right it is time for the dudes and dads pop quiz if you've never joined us it's a time that we get to randomly draw cards and ask craig <laughs> random questions just to get to know him a little bit better Joel, go ahead. Craig, what's one bad habit that you're trying to get rid of? One bad habit you're currently trying to get rid of. This is okay. That wasn't too bad. I can handle that. It gets worse. (laughs) All right. So I get yelled at all the times because I bite my fingernails on the nail biter. My my seven year old and I were having a competition on who could stop first, and I lost. So, wow. (laughs) I feel uh, seven year old dad dad fail right there. Okay. All right. If you could ask one person one question and they had to answer you truthfully, what and who would you ask? Wow, that's a see. That's a little. That's a little bit more difficult. Um, A smidge. (laughs) I would ask Jordan how he handled losing. Cause oh. I'm a competitor and like, I, I don't know if you've watched the bulls, yeah. like the, I forget what it was. The yes. last dance, right? Yes, the last dance. He didn't like losing. No, you know, but I just how, like, how do you, how do you use that as fuel to go forward? Just because I'm, I'm, I'm a competitor in a lot that I do. So. We're a baseball family. It's a game of failure. Yeah. We, yeah uh, three, three out of 10 times, right? hundred <laughs> percent. So, uh, next question. What do you consider your greatest achievement? being a dad oh, oh good yeah. answer <laughs> so, apparently it's just mine that are hard it's <laughs> <are> easy. <laughs> you're gonna hit me with one here aren't you if you could change one thing about yourself what would it be i that's you do have the tough ones <laughs> yeah we need to shuffle this deck a little bit um 
I would be more outgoing in larger settings. Mm, like okay. I, I don't like it. I, I love this. Yeah. And and that's why I think I'm good at my job is I, I'm really good in, in one or two person yeah. settings. But when I don't know a lot of people, I kind of shy away. I would love to be able to just work a room better. That's, oh, yeah. That's a, a thing for so many people, I think. Uh, next question. What is left on your bucket list? Do you have a bucket list? up here okay, okay. So it's sort of so, yeah yeah you do have one and then uh what what's left on it what's one thing maybe that just pops to the top where you go I, this is a thing that is uh yeah good question uh we don't travel i mean i don't know you guys just got back from florida so we we don't travel much mm-hmm. just because of the family dynamics and kind of where we're at in our stage of life right my wife and I always and i have always talked about going to new zealand oh yeah uh, australia new zealand and, and that type of thing so mm-hmm. my sister-in-law just came back from new zealand and uh for those of you that are wordle players <laughs> guess what if you're in new zealand you get a full day jump and so she was the, oh, so, she, so she's communicating with the rest of the family she's like I think I think I'm ahead of all of you yeah. because yeah. I'm on the other side of the world. Yeah. Uh, yes, New Zealand, beautiful. All right, I have another hard one. <laughs> sorry, sorry. What is your recurring nightmare? Recurring nightmare. You do have a tough one. Zero balance in the savings account. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, probably probably drowning. I mean, that's okay. the, the typical, right. right? Okay, my last. Right, and, yeah, yeah, my last one. Right. <laughs> Which band or artist, dead or alive, would play at your funeral? So my wife will, will double this down, Aerosmith. Oh, okay. Oh, man. She's a huge Aerosmith fan. <laughs> don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> we'll end on those. <laughs> I don't know about that song. No, but. no I know. I picked, I picked the only one that I think people would not choose. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, we'll end on, on that note uh, about your funeral, I guess. But, yeah. <laughs> so, see, Joel, I'm not the only one that has hard questions. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Craig, we want to thank you for coming out today and just hanging out and and teaching us about how to teach your kids about money. Man, good conversation. It. So grateful for it. As always, guys, you can head over to dudesanddadspodcast.com for more information, show notes, all the goodies. Love to share it with you. Uh, dudesanddadspodcast at gmail.com for all of your pithy and insightful uh, emails. Yeah. You can send us over there. And our voicemail line, 574 Seven four two one three eighty seven zero two. Maybe we'll send you more gifts. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Hey we'll guys, see. thanks for checking in with us again. Appreciate you listening, and until next time, we wish you grace and peace.